to the comic multiverse where the worlds of nerd meet. Matt, we're joining all our friends and followers here on a special night. It's Monday, and why is it so special? Uh, I'd like to say that there was some sort of scheduling conflict or like, oh, we really needed to buckle down and think about, you know, the Batman and what we were going to say. Nah, AEW Revolution was last <laughs> night, and, and I needed to watch four hours of wrestling. Yeah, you, you wanted to go watch some a bunch of sweaty men hitting each other and Basically, writhing yes. around on each other, yeah. Hey, there was sweaty women there, too, <laughs> writhing around also. They're, they're very welcoming and open, AEW. <laughs> One lady came out like Jade from Mortal Kombat. Oh, cool. In fact, her name is Jade, and it took me a minute to put that together. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> So that was fun. That's what I was doing. And also, I guess I cannot complain about like, oh, you know, Batman, it was three hours long. It was kind of long. Joel, you watched five hours of wrestling last <laughs> night, including the pre-show. Yeah. You have no right. Like, yeah, fair enough. You're right. Yeah, I, I watched six hour video essays on, on YouTube. It's, it's nothing. <laughs> it's true. Honestly, like, no doubt I am actually waiting for uh, Quentin Reviews to put out his newest one there. Nice. <laughs> that is, like, an eight-hour epic, and he's like, it's going to take me 24 hours to render this and probably 10 more hours to upload, and I'm like, and I will happily drop all my plans <laughs> to watch it, sir. And I've never even watched these Nickelodeon shows you're watching, <laughs> talking about, but you do such a good job. You make me want to write some ridiculous 10-hour epic. <laughs> Hey, in the comment section down below, everyone, what's a topic that you would listen to me talk about for 10 hours? Like a oh, ridiculously in-depth video essay. Oh, jeez. We could probably do one on goddamn Krakoa-era mutants. Yeah, actually, yeah, that's a really good one. Like, we're still in it, so, like, it would kind of have no end, but, like, we're still in it. We could talk about the Netflix era of Marvel shows, considering mm -hmm. those basically came and went. Yep talk about what worked and what kind of sealed their fate in the end mm -hmm. that would be a fun one uh oh i got a gta 4 and all its dlc off steam for like eight bucks so i'm actually going back and replaying some of those nice it's funny a lot of four is annoying like i thought it would be but i'm not mad at it because <laughs> i'm actually fascinated because all the new stuff they put into 4, like the morality system and the branching plot lines and the cars handling like shit and everything being overly realistic, mm -hmm. didn't age well in here. But oh my god, did they take those ideas and evolve them and basically turn them into Red Dead Redemption 2. Yeah, yeah. E even like uh, the biker DLC where you play Johnny Clevitz and the Lost, literally there that storyline is very similar to Dutch's so, gang on Arthur. Yeah, yeah. I you, well, you can see like where the I I wouldn't be surprised cuz it's cuz it's it's um the same guys, Hauser. Same guys and everything that somehow like it's like in universe. You know how like they're both sort of the same universe, the Red Dead yeah, and yeah. The, yeah, that somehow they're tangentially related to like it's like Dutch's great 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 grandson or something they're they're reincarnations you see yeah <laughs> yeah uh, honestly i think it's more just like the hausers had an idea in mind for their perfect video game for their magnum opus and they had to take a couple swings at it mm -hmm, mm -hmm. before they finally got yeah, it's there like, oh, it was like, it be bikers oh what about cowboys it, oh, it works better with cowboys <laughs> works better with cowboys even the more serious tone worked better and i have to say man good on you guys for getting there eventually yeah i miss gta 4 i i like that that was such a good game 
eh, there's a lot of stuff to enjoy it and some stuff too where i'm like wow five made this so much more playable and more enjoyable like i forgot how badly the cars handle in that because mm -hmm. they're trying to be realistic yeah 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 and when you crash they like blow up instantly where like in five you could actually swing it so you could get your car back over and i'm like oh that feels good yeah <laughs> That feels good. But we're not here to talk about that, everyone. It's a comic book podcast. God damn it. I always do that. I always hit this fucking light on the side. <laughs> we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about comic books and comic book movies. Of course, this is our big spoiler episode for The Batman. We'll be getting into that in the latter portion of the show. But uh, because we took some time off, because uh, we did Retro Hero video last week, uh, thank you, everyone who watched that episode. We actually just got up to a 1,000 views on that, so nice. I'm glad people are showing that show some love. It's a good fun for me and Matt, and a nice breather for us to flex our creative muscles and do something different at the end of the month. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, we'll catch up on some news, and then we'll talk about The Batman, and that'll just be the show this week, everyone. Sound good? Sounds good. Sounds good. I said like they could answer me. <laughs> <laughs> Also, thank you, River Red, for the cheers. Much appreciated. Again, it's donations both on Twitch and the YouTube show that keep this show going, honestly. It does, yeah. Also, uh, thank you uh, for everyone who watched the Comixology episode from like two weeks ago now. I actually checked the analytics on that, which I never do. Apparently, it's my third most viewed video of like uh, the month. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah, right next to Spider-Man and Thor. So, you know, thank you on that again. Nice. And in my mind, my assumption was like, well, the podcast doesn't do great numbers, but it gets retention. And, you know, I wouldn't want to take it away from the fans and the patrons who donate to it and everything. So thank you for making that episode really good and also proving that it's not it's not me or Matt. It's not the quality of the show. It's the quality of the news that we can't control <laughs> that decides whether this show is popular or not. <laughs> And now that I have thoroughly let myself off the hook for everything, <laughs> uh, we can actually talk about the news. And fittingly, the biggest story of technically last week, but this week too, is a Batman-centric story. Uh, we know that Joshua Williamson has been plodding along there. Uh, they just finished up that Batman Inc. run. We're heading into Shadow War, the big crossover. But once that's said and done, Williamson will be off the book. He'll be going to write Justice League and the death of the Justice League. Yep. They finally announced who the new writer for Batman is going to be. And surprisingly, but also unsurprisingly, it's going to be Chip Zdarsky. Yeah, the, the guy who right at this moment is writing the best Batman book. Yes, it's just called Daredevil. Red Batman, if you <laughs> yeah. will. Well, he's also writing The Knight as well. The Knight, yeah, which is also really goddamn good. Is, yeah. yeah, the other excellent Batman book. You're totally right. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it, it helps. And, uh, yeah, again, a, a lot is kind of hush-hush about what this series is going to be because it's new. What we know for certain, though, is Zdarsky has said that he will be there for the long haul. Yeah, yeah, he's... Uh, hopefully that means more than, like, 10 or 15 issues because you, you never know what that exactly means. It's true, you don't. To think uh, so many... Uh, the last couple Batman runs have been, in many ways, like, uh, unharmoniously brought to an end uh, king's run kind of flamed out under a lot of you know fan reactions to it that were mostly negative he never got his hundred issues that he clearly wanted even though he got to continue and other stuff yeah tynan was brought on for what we thought would be the long haul yeah yeah it seemed like he was the one who was going to replace him and just just keep working on this book but then then substack came calling well, clearly, it looks like plans changed a lot for that, whereas yeah. uh, Tynan was like, okay, I'll write till Joker War, and then we'll do Jace Fox and 5G and everything else, and that didn't happen, and he stayed along there 
probably to the point where I think we can agree he kind of ran out of ideas with Fear State. Yep. Then Williamson came on to basically put the house back in order, and now we got uh, Zadarsky coming on down to uh, hopefully blow everyone's minds. I know he was probably on the top of everyone's list of writers that they would really love to see take over the book. Yeah, I'm really excited for that. The last (laughs) couple of stuff he's done for DC, The Night and Last Ride at the Justice League Mm. book have been excellent. So I'm really looking forward to it. And I'm looking forward to apparently it's going to be more of a Batman and Robin book than just a Batman book. Which is surprising. It's been since, like, what, 2015, 2016, since we've had a book actually called Batman Robin? Long time, yeah. Yeah. Also, too, it's nice that it seems like someone is finally going to give Tim Drake something to do, because that's his Robin costume. Yeah, he's not been up to much lately, and he's just kind of been in the background. He's not even involved in this whole Shadows of the Bat stuff. No, which seems like such a missed opportunity. Yeah. Where it's like, well, where the fuck is he then if he's not in <laughs> Gotham? What, did they just forget to call him? <laughs> it's so crazy, too, because they made, like, a big deal. And this is exactly what we were afraid would happen. They made a big deal in, uh, what is it, that Batman Urban Legends, where it's like, ooh, uh, maybe Tim Drake is going to be experimenting with his sexuality. Oh, perhaps he's, you know, bisexual. And then they seemingly never fucking did anything about that. It's like, yeah. oh, well, is this going to mean a big push for the character? Is this going to mean a solo series? No, we just hope that that would move some issues. Yeah. And now yeah. this. That sold a bunch of issues. So, yeah. Yeah, hell of a hell of a thing there. But, yeah, I, I'm interested to see what uh, Zadarsky is going to bring to the table here. Uh, Callie Frederick helping us out. Uh, loved The Last Strange Adventures in Dark Knights of Steel. Yeah, it was good stuff. Yeah, yeah, Dark Knights of Steel was excellent. Yeah, going into some really fun directions there, some very Game of Thrones directions. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'm definitely excited to see this. Again, uh, Batman has always been a top seller at DC, and despite, you know, our often talking about bat fatigue and everything, all it takes is an announcement like this for us to be like, okay, we're back in. (laughs) Yeah, a good writer with a good idea that isn't uh rehashing shit we've already seen you know i'm really looking forward to it, especially after like what he's been doing with daredevil absolutely here's my question uh because we've seen what he's done with daredevil to really deepen the character and take matt murdoch and his entire supporting cast in interesting directions what uh what would you like to see him do with batman what's something that hasn't been done before and something you'd like to see because with the knight He's definitely doing something that I have wanted to see forever and something that I've mm-hmm. threatened to write myself if they didn't, <laughs> and that is let's let's show the in-between years to Batman's training that we never see, where it's like, yeah, well, surely he wouldn't have left Gotham right away, and surely he wouldn't have been great right away. Yeah, yeah, I'm... I don't, I don't know, because well, Batman's in a really weird place at the moment where, like... Very. Bruce Wayne, like, he's, like, missing from Gotham. He doesn't have his money, all that sort of stuff. So I guess all that has to be put back in place at some point. Which is going to be really weird because uh, the Foxes at the moment have all his money that's right. Yeah, I guess they'll pro- this will probably be, you know, a return to glory for Batman. How does he get his money back? How does he get his family back? How mm-hmm. does he, I guess, regain his reason for being in Gotham? Because to mm-hmm. Williamson's credit, he did a great job explaining why Batman wanted to leave yep. Gotham. And he's like, nothing, nothing is holding me here anymore. My kids, my sidekicks don't need me. My father figure Butler is dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I m- my best friend Superman isn't even on Earth anymore. Yeah. Do you think this could be the run that brings Alfred back? Because this would this would be the run. Because if he's in for the long haul, this would be the run that goes through with the um the Dark Crisis that's coming up, and that's essentially a universe reset basically true uh did uh, did you read the last uh, robin book no i haven't 
Well, let me tell you how that ended. Uh, Robin wins the tournament there, gets pure uncut Lazarus resonance, says, yo, I'm going back to Gotham. And they're like, oh, to make peace with Batman. Now I'm going to see someone else. And then they show Alfred's grave. So Robin oh, is going no. to bring Alfred back. How, that's not going to end well. No, especially not considering everything we've seen with Lazarus Resonant Task Force X and everything. You yeah. get resurrected with it, but then you become a junkie to it. Yeah, yeah, you have to take it to live. Yeah. Yeah. Unless this is like the good stuff that uh, Raish gave Mother Soul to Pure, come back. uncut. When she was a <laughs> that was my thing, because we see Raish bring his mom back when she was just a skeleton and everything, and she didn't seem addicted to it, though she was selling it, so who knows. Yeah. Uh, Eric Santley helping us out. Uh, I could listen to hours of Claremont's obsession with bisexual women or a weird history of multiple writers trying out Iceman uh, being gay until they stop caring and have to present it. Ooh, see, those are great topics. I don't know if <laughs> I'm the right person to talk about that, but those are excellent topics. I could Very talk interesting about... ones. I, I could maybe talk about Claremont's obsession with kink, and maybe that's what inspired the Hellfire Club. <laughs> Again, we don't know what's rumor and what's true, but a lot of people were assuming that Claremont actually was going to, like, real-life Hellfire Club parties, and that's how <laughs> he knew to write it. But with that, again, you're right about what you know, you know, right experience. You know. <laughs> and some people being like, well, isn't that like Macbeth with the witches there and Shakespeare? And it's like, dude, don't reveal our shit. <laughs> <laughs> don't write that. <laughs> Yeah, you changed the name just a little. You called me Sebastian Shaw. My real name is uh, <laughs> Steve Shaw, but come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this uh, this looks good. I'm excited for this. And I mean, Zadarsky has been a writer on the, uh, what is it? Like his meteoric rise mm -hmm. from being like a guy you kind of knew to being like a AAA superstar has been happening for a while now. Yeah, yeah. It's been great watching him and following his career. Mm -hmm. so much to the point it's like oh yeah he drew sex criminals didn't he he's mm. an artist too yeah. isn't he yeah he's drawn some stuff as well yeah which blows me away i'm like wow your your writing has been so heralded now people forget you can also draw <laughs> but yeah I, I can't wait for this i'm sure this will be a big deal and again just excited for a batman writer in the long haul because it feels like we haven't had one for a while yeah I, i'm hoping he does stay on for the long haul and and yeah as you said it's been what since scott snyder since yeah. we had a writer that's written like it for years almost Absolutely. a decade and that definitely felt like a situation of like hey let us not mess with the goose that's laying the golden eggs yeah. right now yeah yeah and as we've seen with his daredevil run he had a multi-year plan for mm -hmm. daredevil that's still going on and also yeah. I, he's gonna keep writing both by yeah. the sounds of it yeah, because they announced, not just long ago, they announced that Daredevil's going back to issue one, and he's still Daredevil. writing it, because it's going to be a continuation of the stuff after Devil's Reign. So I guess that puts him into the rare club there of people like Frank Miller, who wrote both Batman and Daredevil, though I don't think Miller wrote them both simultaneously. Yeah, that's the other weird thing, because I, I know DC did away with their exclusivity contracts, but there always yeah, used yeah. to be that thing where it's like, oh, to write the Batman book, you have to be like an exclusive, exclusive. DC writer. Yeah, any any of the trilogy, we're not going to give it to anyone who, you know, doesn't rely on us. But yeah, I guess Substack and just changing stuff in general has broken that down. Yeah. Hell, the last exclusive contract we heard about was Bendis, and maybe that's what made them want to change. It's like, we gave him how much for how long? <laughs> yeah, we, we gave him all these imprints? What? <laughs> what? Uh, maybe we want to change that. <laughs> I guess that becomes the thing, too. What's Bendis going to do now that uh, his uh, Justice League is coming to an end? I guess whatever he wants. Yeah, well, we've got uh, 
the season, the volume two, season two of Naomi starting this week. That's right. That's right. And yeah, I imagine we're going to be getting some other stuff. We still got our Legion of Superheroes versus Justice League happening. Oh yes, he's writing. Which that is too. which is like folding into like Dark Crisis and everything. It's all it's all connected, man. Yeah, it's all connected. Uh, now moving on from the big Batman news to the big Spider Man news. Uh, Zeb Wells, we know, will be taking over Spider Man at issue number one as soon as beyond uh spider-man is done and they released a little trailer to get us all into the spirit they did i still find comic trailers so weird they really are it's like do it for all of them or don't do it at all yeah cause, yeah they're very is very like it's very specific comics that get trailers like this one and like dark knight's metal and uh. civil war 2 and all this sort of stuff it- it's also this weird question of like, well, who are they for? This feels like you're preaching to the choir. It feels like you made a trailer to be disseminated solely amongst comic readers and people who were going to buy it anyway. Shouldn't you put a little extra zhuzh and a little extra, you know, uh, <laughs> what is it, friggin', uh, I don't even know what you would call it. I was going to say, like, uh, goddamn production value behind it to try and grab people who don't normally read mm-hmm. comics. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's it, it's going back to number one, isn't it? yes it is of course yeah yeah again it's a number one they want to sell people who might not be reading comics thinking that this oh this is a number one spider-man you know it's it's a number one and it's also a celebration of 60 years because spider-man has his big 60th anniversary uh very soon yeah which is what led a lot of people to believe where it's like oh do they want to get to 100 issues 60 years that much quicker so that's why spider-man uh went weekly (laughs) yeah yeah just to try and pad out the numbers it's the old uh what happened with uh, the the action comics and detective mm-hmm. comics issue one thousands where it's like oh the the, the new fifty two reprints count uh, yeah, to get us all the way out. all the way up to a thousand you know <laughs> yeah it's funny uh, comic companies they only care about numbering when it comes time for a big landmark issue <laughs> yeah yeah couldn't give a shit uh, before that ah we'll just change everything ah we'll have several annuals in one year it doesn't matter <laughs> also thank you Pat Senior for the subscription as always Pat Senior helping us out there thank you. But uh, yeah, so the trailer uh, harkens back to that promo art that we saw before. It's Peter Parker sitting in a big crater. Everything around him is destroyed. And the idea being like, oh, what uh, what happened? You know, what did Spider-Man do? Yeah, and we've been getting hints of that through uh, like uh, the, the Beyond stuff as well with like Peter, like having like a vision of something and all that yeah. sort of stuff. So yeah, there's something hap- going to be happening. Yeah, what what did he do? What caused this explosion? Is he, is he still nuclear from his run-in with the UFOs? We don't know. Yeah. Do you reckon they'll pull a pull a switch on us and it's like, "Ah, you thought we will because they've done it before in this in these amazing Spider-Man comics where you think you're you're looking into Peter's head, but you're looking into Ben's head." Mm. I guess it depends if Ben sticks around after the end of Beyond. I wonder, I truly wonder how that one's going to end with Ben. Mm-hmm. If they're going to put Ben back on the shelf when this is all said and done or if he's going to stick around as a much more prominent character or if they might kill him off yeah yeah i could totally see this story ending with him heroically sacrificing himself to Mm -hmm. save peter so he dies again yeah alternatively he could be the one causes this and thus Mm -hmm. like causes people to blame spider-man in turn blaming peter Mm. maybe he becomes the spider smasher that we talked about a couple weeks ago yep who knows who knows uh, we saw some villains in there. It looks like Mr. Negative is coming back again because people really like him because of the video game. Mm-hmm. I think I saw Hammerhead there. I saw Madam Mask there, which is interesting. I'm like, oh, yeah, she's fun. Yeah, that that, that was quite an interesting uh, pull. 
yeah, not always a Spider-Man villain. It looked like he was fighting Killer Croc, too, for a minute. I'm like, well, that's <laughs> definitely not who that is. <laughs> Unless he fucking crosses universe, and that's why this is so big. Spider-Man and Batman are going to be teaming up. <laughs> they trade villains for a bit. You know, Batman gets the lizard. Spider-Man gets Killer Croc for a bit. Yeah, and they're like, hey, we're, you know, some of our villains are quite similar. Man, wouldn't that fucking blow people's minds? Wouldn't that be the coolest thing to get people interested in comics? A Spider-Man and a Batman come out on the same day. You don't tell people at all, but oh shit, they've switched villains. <laughs> that, that, that'd be pretty cool. There's some, yeah, some switch happens, some team up. Yeah, and they're totally confused. The villains are like, what am I doing? This isn't New York. You're in Gotham City, punk. Or like, oh man, you know, New York looks really different. Yeah, all the villains get scared because just Batman just beats the shit out of them. Yeah, I'm not used to this. Where are the quips? Yeah, where are the quips? Why aren't you joking? <laughs> Why does this hurt so much more? <laughs> I'm a scientist. And Batman's like, yeah, that's what they all say. <laughs> Tell it to Arkham. <laughs> that you're a scientist. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, another thing they seem to be doing here is they seem to be playing up the idea that Peter's friends and allies are leaving him. We see Mary Jane walk away from him very dramatically. We see the Human Torch get involved and also walk away dramatically. Yeah, yeah. Also, thank you, Functorial, as well, too. I hope what Peter did is something exponentially silly, like Peter made out with Queen Goblin, naughty, naughty. <laughs> yeah, I hope that, too. I hope it's something super, super silly and forgivable, like, oh, no, I left a Hot Pocket in the microwave for too long. <laughs> no, you know what it is? Spider-Man has a new power, Solar Flare. Oh, no. <laughs> He's got the new Solar Flare power, but he can only use it once, and it greatly yeah, depowers yeah, and it leaves him human. For, for a day yeah. <laughs> yeah for 24 hours he becomes not amazing <laughs> that 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 was basically all we had to say about zebwell spider-man looks good looks yeah, interesting the, the the show he didn't want us to talk about it no clearly not you know we were we were kicking the <coughs> hottest facts the hottest <laughs> takes didn't didn't like us saying we were excited for it <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, moving on from there, I guess we can officially talk about our next story here. And this is really a story for you, Matt, because I've not been reading it, but I'd love to get your take on it. Uh, apparently, Iron Man and Hellcat are getting a special annual issue ahead of their wedding because they're actually getting married. Holy shit. Yeah, we have a, we are coming close to getting to that issue now because we're coming to the end of the, um, <clears throat> the Korvac saga stuff that's happening at the moment. And... Uh, yeah, they've been kind of like an on-again, off-again couple. Because they, they reference all the stuff that happened in, like, Patsy Walker's, like, original book from, like... Forever Fucking ago. 60s and stuff like that, you know. Wow. Uh, and all, all the past relationship, and they've been getting together, and... Patsy's actually been, like, really helpful to Tony in the storyline. And, like, reeling him back. And, like, making him... Remi remind him that he is uh, just a guy. He's not a god. Yeah. She, yeah. she does sound like you know the the grounding female lead of the book how how does pepper feel about this she's not actually even in the book <laughs> really that's yeah. crazy yeah i i want to say she was it's been so long but i think she might have been in that first issue and then yeah she she's not even in this issue I mean, in this story I'm sure they'll have to do something with her either in this special annual or in the big wedding issue in the like, you know, speak now or forever hold your peace. <laughs> she she comes in to crash the wedding. In her rescue armor and everything. <laughs> and then they gotta fight 
for his affection because you know it's it's 2022 but we have not moved forward in our representations of women yeah <laughs> i i'm sure i you could write a really good story about pepper being like i'm happy for him you know <laughs> yeah i'm i'm looking forward to it i i'm i'm really uh questioning like why pepper isn't in the story at the moment because like at the moment tony's got the power cosmic and he's given it to everyone in in new york mm. and like what where's pepper to like come and like like slap his ass and yeah, tell him like tell him, tell him to stop it because yeah <laughs> knock that shit off <laughs> <laughs> knock that power cosmic shit off. <laughs> but yeah this looks fun and interesting and also reminds me oh yeah i guess i should catch up on this korvax song because oh, yeah. it sounds like cantwell's doing some very interesting can't miss stuff with iron man oh man iron man hasn't been this good since like the fraction era mm. and also who doesn't love a good superhero wedding really yeah they're always they're always fun and even when they're bad they're fun too yeah hey there's a topic for our video essay the uh, history of superhero weddings <laughs> did they work did they not work how yeah. long did it last did they get divorced oh there's a few top five greatest superhero weddings <laughs> welcome to watch mojo <laughs> thank you that's you knew exactly what i was doing <laughs> Which again? Do they do they even sound like that anymore? The Watch Mojo guy, or have they long since fired him and gone on to someone cheaper? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. The only time I watch Watch Mojo is when someone on uh, Twitter says that they got plagiarized by them. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Oh, it happens all the time. Uh, I know it firsthand. I made a video for Scott back in the day, Super Suits, which was talking about like superhero lawsuits and comic mm -hmm. book uh, court drama, and they totally ripped off an episode I did. Of course practically word for word which is amazing oh jeez and i know they ripped me off because i got a fact slightly wrong and they got the same fact slightly wrong <laughs> so that's how you know <laughs> but yeah this uh this looks like a fun one we'll have to check that one out uh now after that one we have a story that i was really not expecting a big crossover that they're trying to promote at dc it's called void song and it's going to be a crossover between the flash book and the aquaman book technically the aquaman book right now i guess yeah th this is kind of cool because uh aquaman's been kind of doing the rounds at the moment because he's got that uh deep target book with uh oliver queen uh yeah. team up with that and he's been teaming up with like other people all over the place so i think that's pretty cool that he's like the team up guy now very very much so it's a fun place for him to be because you know obviously they want to push uh jackson hyde and everything a lot of people are really enjoying the book it's mm -hmm. getting a lot of good reviews but also hey we got a new aquaman movie coming out so we can't forget arthur so yeah i love the idea of everyone just gets their turn to have a field trip with aquaman yeah yeah uh, this uh, story here is called Void Song, and apparently it sees an alien race invade Earth and freeze everyone in place by using melodic musical tones. And the only two people unaffected by it are Aquaman, probably because of fish reasons, I'm going to imagine. <laughs> fish reasons. Fish reasons and the Flash for speed reasons. <laughs> Various related fishery reasons. Very fishers. Ah, you see, I have trained my ears to listen to whale song <laughs> tones, and because of that, I am immune to this because, you know, deep underwater, my, my ears get filled with water, so I can't, I, I don't hear it. <laughs> and Flash is like, oh, well, my eardrums are radiating because of my uh, inner ear, nose, and throat all the time for reasons. But when I run, I have to protect my ears with the speed force. Mm, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> 
love <laughs> I love reasons like that in comics, just the dumb bullshit reasons. Because yeah. because it reminds me of like playing on the schoolyard. Oh, uh, uh, you can't affect me because I've got wizard armor. You can't affect <laughs> Aquaman because reason. <laughs> But it's like professional adults writing it, needing to think of reasons as to why. Yeah. And I always wonder where it's like, did they do like a couple minutes of pseudoscience research or did they just say, fuck it and say, I'm just going to make it up? It's the speed force. You know, I ain't got to explain shit. Does everything. Like, what is it? The, The reason that always blows my mind is like an ultimatum where Ultimate Magneto was like, ah, yes, I will use my powers of magnetism to affect the poles of the Earth. (laughs) And even as, like, a dumb kid reading that, I'm like, I don't think that's how magnetism works at all. (laughs) That's a different type of magnetism, I think. That's a whole other thing. And then, like, I would see videos years later of actual scientists talking about it. They're like, no, no, that's not how that shit works at all. (laughs) Magneto just pulled some shit out of his ass. But it leads to a cool picture, though. It's a very cool picture, yeah. This is, again, that's comic books. If you make it up good enough and have, like, enough conviction in your pitch, sometimes <laughs> you don't care. <laughs> and The Flash is famous for that, too. Like, oh, I'm moving so fast, my brain is on a different level, and I can absorb information in a book for an hour. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I-, I can radiate my molecules enough to phase through solid matter. I can become pure energy. <laughs> Same with Aquaman, where it's like, oh, well, my latent psychic ability that allows me to interact with aquatic life also allows me to affect the part of your human brain that evolved from lizards, and I can force you to have a seizure. (laughs) I don't do it all the time, but I can. If I want, I can make you stroke out. Yep. (laughs) Which, come on, if I was Aquaman, I'd be threatening to do that to people all the time. (laughs) Don't make me give you a seizure. Hey, hey, don't make me... (laughs) Uh, what, what what is actually kind of interesting about this is that like this flash this flash is is definitely barry allen that's barry's yeah. costume because it's got those stupid fucking lines on it um <laughs> which is really interesting because barry at the moment's on earth two and his oh, own little yeah. fucking earth that's right thanks to fucking prior <laughs> so, yeah, so is this after dark crisis is this just just like a one shot sort of fucking maybe probably set in the past or something yeah yeah i guess we'll have to find out because it's like yeah does aquaman even look like that anymore i know he's got the long hair i know he got his arm back yeah he, i think he does look like that yeah yeah i i know in uh in justice league recently he's still rocking the shirtless tattoo look mm, yeah of course but it, i think i think it's like a weak thing you know like some weeks he wears the shirt some he does yeah you no know, washing day that sort of thing <laughs> I mean, that's how, how I always felt about Batman in the black and blue cape. Sometimes I wear the black one, sometimes yeah. I wear the blue one. Depends on who's, like, if Alfred washed it or not, you know? Exactly. <laughs> Magmaster in the chat there where it's like, yeah, like or subscribe or I'll give you a seizure. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I exactly. If I had that power, I'd never stop doing it. <laughs> hey, hey, do it. I can do it through the internet. Don't ask how. <laughs> But yeah, so that looks like a fun and interesting crossover. If you're a fan of The Flash or Aquaman or both, I'm sure you'll enjoy that. Yeah. Now, from there, we actually got a little bit of industry news, which we don't talk about all that much, but this actually kind of affects me, or did affect me back when I was going to cons. Uh, Reed Pop, which is a major corporation, I'm pretty sure they control and back and book just about every big con in America now. Okay. It used to be only half of them, but now I think they literally do all of them. They do, like, New York Comic Con and Emerald City and basically all all the things that I got to coattail ride, 
with my other American <laughs> podcast friends because I could never be invited on my own. <laughs> so uh, recently, and we talked about this forever ago, and I think COVID really kicked this one in the ass. Uh, they were getting into their own like digital distribution. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and we're like, oh, so comic conventions are doing digital distribution now? Oh, that's a fun and interesting idea. And then we heard nothing about it until mm-hmm. this week. Yeah, yeah. They uh, named who their brand new editor-in-chief would be for this project, and turns out it's a guy you and I both know. In fact, I'm pretty sure he follows both of us on Twitter, actually. Uh, Chris Arant, or Arnt? Arant, yeah. Arant, uh, if you know anything about comic journalism, if you have been on any of the major comic websites, uh, chances are you know this guy's name and have probably seen his face because he has been an eternal fixture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's been around for a while. Yeah, he's like the Dave Meltzer of comics. Yeah. <laughs> or, I, I, again, it's like, really, Joel, when you're talking about journalism, you talk about the most known and uh, beloved wrestling journalist to talk about comic journalism seriously. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't know any other well-trusted journalists? I'm like, okay, the, the, the Walter Cronkite, there you go. <laughs> and even then, I don't think that fits, because, you know, he did television, not print. You know, just a, he's, he's a guy who people trust and like. And he got, a, he got a cool new job and a cool new promotion, and I'm happy for him. Yeah. <laughs> Because, again, he's been working this gig basically for as long as we've been working this gig. Yeah, for a while. And he's one of the few guys in, like, comic press that I could actually reach out to if I wanted. I think me and him were on a Slack, actually, like, a hundred years ago, back when people had Slack for, like, comic journalists all to talk to each other. and oh, like yeah, network. Slack. <laughs> yeah. I don't think fucking anything came out of it. I checked it every so often. I'm like, ooh, am I cool? Do people like me? Like, oh, you're actually talking about, like, serious business stuff and articles. I, I make dick jokes online. Yeah, I'm, uh, thank you for inviting me, though. <laughs> I just realized, I'm like, yeah, you, you guys are, like, way too mature for me. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so good for him. Congratulations. Onward and upward. And also, fucking book me at the next Read Pop event, please. Yeah, please. <laughs> Yeah, after two years of being stuck in my own home, I'd like to go somewhere, anywhere. (laughs) I know you guys do stuff all over the world. I'll go to Britain. I'll go to India. I'll go to wherever. (laughs) Joel in India. Exactly. That's a video. I'll fucking do that. (laughs) (laughs) Let's uh, let's look at that right now. Read pop conventions. What uh, what conventions do they do? Because they do. I mean, they're probably not doing much of anything right now. No, no, probably not. Uh, they got Metaverse in New York coming up. That's uh, the MCM Comic Metaverse Convention. Oh, they do Star Wars Celebration. Oh, that's yeah, that's a big one. That's coming up this year. Yeah, they do PAX, uh, PAX Online, EGX. Oh, the Crunchyroll Expo. I didn't even know they had a con. Oh, I thought they were always uh, like rolled in with like some big anime con or something. Pro- maybe they're big enough now they can do their own thing because they're on featured events. Oh, okay, yeah. They do book con and book expo, you know, for for reading books that what don't have pictures all the time. <laughs> uh, what else do we got here? We got C2E2, Complex Con, uh, EGX. Uh, what other big events do they have going on? Basically everything. Yeah, New York Comic Con. Ooh, the Minecraft Festival. Oh, Minecon. There you go. Uh, Need to bring PAX... that back for the cringe compilations that come oh, out no. of that. God damn. Oh, absolutely. Oh, PAX Australia. They do that. Okay, yeah. So yeah, basically all the, I'm pretty sure, did they do Fan Expo too? Did they absorb Fan Expo? I know that was a big thing for me because everything Canada was Fan Expo. I think, yeah, I think they absorbed them too. Yeah. What about, um, oh, what, 
What did San Diego Comic-Con become? That became something, didn't it? Did it? I, I thought it was still just Comic-Con. I thought it got rolled in with uh, uh, WonderCon. Again, post-COVID, it's hard to keep together. Yeah. Uh, I know they were trying to plan one during fucking COVID and it didn't fucking work. Didn't happen. Oh, yeah, yeah, I hear WonderCon deadline in four days. Have your WonderCon 2022 badge shipped to you March 6th. Well, according to this, it looks like they're still two separate events. Oh, okay. Could be could be wrong, but it certainly looks like they're two separate I just events. remember the last two uh, San Diego Comic-Cons that came around, we were just like, oh, that happened? Yeah. Yeah, it felt like they were kind of running around because of COVID. They didn't know what they were doing between digital events and limited yeah. in-person events and, they, and everything. And they don't have the big the big companies there anymore because they do Fandom and uh, yes. Marvel do their own little Disney X Investor Day things. Yeah. yeah, it'll be very interesting to see the future of cons going forward. That feels like a discussion we have all the time now where it's like, yeah, the big companies realize, oh, we don't actually need these fan conventions anymore. We can just do our own thing for cheap and put it out. Yeah, and people will still come to it. Like those fandoms yeah. are just fucking insane and the amount of people they get to come to them. And, they and it's control. just all online. Yeah, all online, and the companies can control their narrative, and they can control yeah. how it gets out there, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can see why they wouldn't want to do it any other way. Uh-huh. But yeah, uh, congrats to Chris on his uh, promotion there. Uh, onward and upward, uh, slotcha to ya. <laughs> I'll, I'll be sure to let you all know when I get my big promotion. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the fuck that is. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you, you, you gotta be happy for people in the industry and you gotta give them their kudos and thumbs up while you can. Yeah, especially hard workers like Chris. Definitely, yeah. I mean, that dude, that dude was a machine. He was fucking everywhere. I saw his name in every byline and everything. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how he did it. <laughs> and as far as I know, he has no uh, big controversies connected to his name. <laughs> yes, that's, the, that's the, the good thing. He's not like some secret comic gator or something like or that. Or some shit, yeah. Donating, giving him. money to... Putin or something, you know? Yeah, really. Yeah, exactly. He was secretly supporting them from the shadows. <laughs> uh, yes. Now, moving on from that, everyone, uh, a new story that was breaking just today, and I saw people in the chat asking if he would cover this. Uh, Doomsday Clock characters are set to return for Jeff John's big Flashpoint Beyond Zero. Yeah, Marionette and Mime. Characters yeah, who, who technically still live in the, the Earth Prime universe, but we haven't seen them. Yeah, we just never checked in on them ever again. Yeah. And again, seeing as there's, I guess, Jeff John's creations, he still cares and still definitely wants to check them out. They were definitely two very interesting characters. They were, yeah. They they had a big push and it looked like they were going to stick around and maybe be like roaming villains in the DC universe and then it just never happened. Yeah, well, they were almost set up like to be... Uh some sort of foil to, to batman and to like joker because they had that yes. whole stuff with like them finding joker and gotham and all that sort of stuff in uh doomsday clock yeah and, uh, yeah nothing ever really came of that yeah and their kid became a god basically they, yeah their kid became a god who then was also powered by dr manhattan's renewed faith in humanity because of superman yes. and his name was clark yes yeah well are we gonna see that kid again <laughs> yeah and he became the superman super god of the watchman universe when it needed him yeah and that was a whole thing yeah i wonder <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, are they going to mention that? Are they going to be like, hey, what happened to our kid? Can we see what happened to our kid? Well, that was their whole through line through uh, Doomsday Clock. Marionette was trying to get her son back. Yeah, yeah. Because he was taken by uh, Adrian? Yes, yes, I guess so. Yeah. I guess that would make them interesting foils for Thomas Wayne because so much of his character revolves <laughs> around his son and the son he lost. Maybe maybe they kind of do have, like, you know, some common ground on them. Yeah. I'm intrigued to see who, like, because in, in this little um, uh, setup thing, they're talking with, with a Batman. It's never made specific whether it's Thomas or Bruce, but he's dressed Ooh. like Bruce. But we, yes. know, but we know Thomas is going to be the main Batman in this book. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Yeah, lots of places they could go with this. Well, it's getting more interesting, that's for sure. Yeah. You gotta wonder, too, if Jeff Johns is like, yeah, so I had lots of stories still left in the tank and a lot of ideas from Doomsday Clock that I never got to write because that was basically the last thing I wrote at DC for a while. Yeah, and do remember the last couple of issues of that book got delayed because of writing changes or something? Something. They were clearly changing something, and it's very obvious that that book went through several major revisions. Yeah, because it seems like every other issue was delayed somehow. Yeah. For something. The fact. The fact that it's, it's even as good as it was is no, nothing short of a miracle, I'm sure. I know, right? It could have easily been, like, so terrible. And remember the dumb shit that's, like, in the middle that was clearly editorial forcing something on John's where it's like, oh, you gotta mention Sanctuary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you gotta have the Judge of Owls, because get it, court and judges? Yeah, yeah. You gotta tie it to all these other big stories we've got going at the moment, even though they're not as good. Yeah, and even though we don't really know what era in time this is happening and everything gets changed at the end anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> ah, the chat saying, ah, is he going to reference three Jokers in this as well? <laughs> yes, Bruce, uh, or Thomas Wayne goes around and kills the other three Jokers. Yeah, Jason and Barbara are a thing now. Yeah. Yes, in that story and yeah. nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, wow, what what weirdness on Jeff Johns' final days and final stories. Yeah, so weird. Very. Uh, now, from that bit of Batman to a much even bigger Batman story, we can finally talk about the Batman that Matt and I both saw. And in fact, I'm glad we waited to do this show so, you know, all the hot takes can settle and, you know, I can have more time to think about it and you can have more time to think about it. We can talk about our feelings. And uh, I'll let you go first, Matt uh yeah i we say hot takes but there wasn't really any hot takes in this there really wasn't like everyone kind of agreed that yeah this is this is fucking cinema this yeah this is a fucking awesome film (laughs) yeah for once everyone genuinely seemed to agree and be on the same side they're like yep this was pretty good yeah and they're fucking right it was a fucking uh, great film yeah they they made it work matt reeves delivered on everything he promised in the trailer and then some it's a batman movie that does a lot of stuff that you know fans have been asking for forever i know we joked early on saying that this looked like an incredibly expensive fan film (laughs) and yeah it kind of is but in like the best way possible yeah yeah that this is this is a batman we haven't actually seen before and that is this is a batman who is a detective yeah like a proper detective he's not you know shooting bullets at bricks and then looking at bricks and seeing which one looks yeah. like the brick that was shot you know stupid shit that the nolan films did 
yeah, this this is the Detective Comics movie is basically what this is. This feels like this could be a Detective Comics story. Yeah, and, and it takes, like, the best parts of, like, a bunch of different Batman stories, like Year 2, Long Halloween, oh, Dark yes. Victory, all these fucking... Earth 2. E- Ego, all these really fucking great stories. Rolls them into one thing, which you wouldn't think would work, but they do. Yeah, because, like, when I saw the things they were pulling from, I'm like, oh, there's a little, uh, you know, Earth 2 Jeff Johns in here. Oh, there's a little Hush in here. There's a little Long Halloween in there. Oh, oh you better be careful. Oh, oh, you might not stick the landing. Oh, they stuck the landing. Holy shit. Yeah. Fuck, it's good. <laughs> yeah. Like, if anything, I was surprised because there's, like, so many things this movie does that, like, in other hands wouldn't work and would probably be the death nail. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. The fact that this movie, too, is just so... If I were to sum up this movie in one word, it would be confident. The movie is confident in the material, confident in the story it is telling, confident to have 20 whole minutes go by in a Batman superhero movie that is just pure drama and talking. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Which is amazing, because I can only imagine the studio heads just, like, you know, lingering over Reeves and being like, you, you, you can't do that. You just can't have 20 minutes yeah. of guys talking to each other in rooms. you gotta put you got to put a, uh, an action scene here. you got to have the Batmobile come in and shoot a bunch of people. Yeah. And, and then Batman get out and then kill people and, like, all this yeah. all this stuff that you'd think, like, where they would do it, they don't do it. And that, that's why, like, you'd call it confident, I'd call it reserved. Yeah, oh yeah this is easily not only is this probably the most reserved batman movie it might be one of the most reserved in general superhero movies mm. ever made oh fuck yeah like shockingly reserved but like not in a christopher nolan like oh everything needs to be super realistic and super serious kind of way this is a movie that isn't afraid to get comic booky mm. and to get like you know get some jokes in there and get some humor and levity uh the penguin i think is <laughs> believe it or not, I, I don't mean this in a jar jar way but i think the penguin was actually the key to everything because he's a funnier <laughs> villain than we've had before no, no fucking the penguin was so good colin farrell who's you don't you look at him you you wouldn't even tell it's colin farrell he's oh yeah like under that makeup you can't even tell it's it's this fucking irish guy oh totally transformed himself for the role he waddles he swears he actually helps them solve a mystery he and he actually looks like the comic book penguin he really does yeah yeah he's really fantastic yeah and as you said he's like kind of funny as well he's got some really he's like good cop good cop bat shit cop like really funny fucking lines which, which you needed, and he delivers it so well. And I'm like, yeah, I like this. Uh, the the Iceberg Lounge actually plays a massive role in the movie, mm-hmm. which I was not expecting. Batman comes back to it several times. And when mm-hmm. the first time I saw it, I'm like, ah, oh, Jesus Christ, did they turn the Iceberg Lounge into a fucking meat grinder riot bar? That's not like the comics. Only for them to be like, no, 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 the real fancy club is under the fake club. Yeah, yeah, the the the, the Hellfire Club is under the yeah. is under the the real club, and that and it actually kind. Of looks like like what you'd think the iceberg lounge would look like it's got like these like uh his office how it's yeah. got like those big like submarine windows overlooking like mm-hmm. a highway or something it looks so fucking good also two identical twin henchmen like something out of a fucking frank miller story so it's like I tweedledee love... and tweedledum basically I... I fucking love that, like, Dick Tracy-ass shit and the fact that they make a big deal about it. It's like, wait a minute, goes back, gets his identical twin. Wait a minute. <laughs> we don't get those guys' names, but I like them. <laughs> and again, if they end up making that <coughs> Penguin show, which apparently they're talking about, I hope we learn more about the twins. Yeah, yeah. 
they seem fun and again like total dick tracy shit <laughs> so yeah i mean like this this is batman in year two essentially so he hasn't yep. figured everything out yet he's got the cave he's got the car he's got the suit but he hasn't really figured out everything else yet this is a mystery story and this is batman basically having to teach himself to be a detective and he doesn't always get it right yeah I, well i i like that he doesn't always get it right but the things he doesn't get right are things that aren't part of his world as a billionaire orphan so yes. so so like in in the film there's one part where like the one of the riddler's weapons is like it's like a carpet scraper yes. thing and yeah for pulling up carpets which, yeah, yeah i had no idea what that was either yeah, yeah. and then when he mentioned it, i'm like oh yeah. yeah but i like that the blue collar guy like cop knew what it was but like mm. bruce wayne he would have no fucking idea what this thing is because he doesn't rip up carpets or like do any sort of renovation manual labor yeah yeah so he would have no idea what this sort of stuff is and then that also that kind of feeds also into like the whole plot of the riddler's like targeting all of these corrupt uh government officials and mm. people with ties to like um the powers that be basically yeah, yeah people with ties with like falcone and, and penguin and all that sort of stuff yes which is all part of a bigger conspiracy which i was worried in the trailers where i'm like oh no he's unveiling a big conspiracy oh no is this why the waynes were killed are we doing are we doing this and the movie very subtly and very interestingly has its cake and eats it too with alfred saying you know what truth is we don't know it was so chaotic at that time yeah maybe they were killed as part of this conspiracy maybe they were just killed by some random dude on the street we don't know and we might never know yeah the the, the wayne family death i i like that we don't even it's like see it we don't yeah, see I the kept, pearls don't see the gun going off or anything mm -hmm. none of that shit that we see that flashback in every other batman film it, i like it because it doesn't matter to the overall story at that moment yeah, what wonderful restraint to not yeah. show the yeah. murder of the Waynes for the hundredth time. Yeah. Good good on you. Again, the name of the game here is restraint. Yeah. It's like we say restraint, but like it's also an action movie too. And it's funny, you almost feel like Matt Reeves is like surprising himself where it's like, wait, I made those Planet of the Apes movies. I'm an excellent action director. We should put an action scene in here. <laughs> hey, what what if we do an action scene with the Batmobile where where it chases Penguin down down the uh, busy highway? Yeah, and it's like, yeah, let's do that, and it's fucking awesome. I I love the Batmobile in this one because it's so totally something this version of Bruce Wayne would yeah. put together. Where it's like, yeah, I took a sports car and I put a fucking jet engine in it. It's <laughs> wildly unsafe and dangerous. Yeah, I put a jet engine in it, roll cage. I'm cool. It's got no windows or anything. Yeah, you know. But I am a traumatic, sad boy with a death wish. So let's fucking do this. <laughs> and I kind of love that. You know, Pattinson. He doesn't say much as this Batman, but he really doesn't have to. But it, well, that that's great. I like that. Uh, I've always thought that Batman, especially in like early parts of his career when he's like working with Gordon, like shouldn't be saying that much because he's still very still learning how to do stuff, learning how to be with these people and stuff. So he lets his like movements do the talking. Yeah, his facial expressions and everything really do the talking. And uh, yeah, I mean, hats off to Pattinson I mean I think we all knew he could nail brooding but he totally finds new ways to brood <laughs> yeah I, I like the way he carries himself in the bat suit he's walking very slowly uh everything like all his movements have a meaning to it absolutely yeah. uh the suit looks great in action looks fantastic yeah 
Sulu Shao. I love the high collar. I really grew to appreciate the high collar. And I'm like, ooh, it's kind of like uh, Batman White Knight. It is, yeah. I like how functional the suit is. Like, it's got like so many parts of it that that do something like he's got um grapple hooks like hidden in like the sleeves of the suit that he can yes. like pull out of, of on his arms he's got battens in the arms the the bat symbol itself is like a giant knife yes which is interesting we see him we, we see him do something here i don't think i've ever seen batman do before and that is double grappling hooks. yeah yeah and I'm like, yeah, why doesn't he do that? If one grappling hook is good, you should totally have two. Yeah, and it, it worked perfectly. <laughs> it worked perfectly. The suit is basically bulletproof. It'll, like, knock yeah. him back and hurt him because it's, like, head-to-toe Kevlar. That's what I really, I really liked because in all the other Batmans, they've made a point where it's saying it's like, ah, if they hit the, the black part, it'd be fine. But if they go for the gray part or something, Anything that's else, that's yeah. that's for knives or something. Whereas this one's like, no, the whole thing's a fucking tank suit, you know. Yeah. He'll take it. <laughs> he's that goddamn guy from rampage is what he is yeah yeah it's just all a bunch of armored plates it's amazing he can move and also he still figured it out too because he's got the whole glider thing i love that he eats shit the first time he tries to glide (laughs) it's great yeah he tries to go under the bridge but gets like fucking hit by a bus (laughs) i think that's why people are really digging this movie because it's like oh it's a movie that understands that Batman is human and part of being human is that you fail and that makes yeah. us only like him more. The movie's not like fucking filleting him for three yeah, hours. He's not Bat God. He doesn't, un- he doesn't know everything or understand everything, has an answer for everything. And yeah, it's, it's so great. And that also, that feeds into like the, the, like his overall story where it's like, he's still trying to figure it out. So like, he doesn't know what type of crime he wants to like, because he, yeah. he can't be everywhere at once in the in the the brilliant opening with like which i think is probably the best opening to any comic book movie ever we're like we're like we get narration from him like in long halloween yeah which, like uh, actual comic book narration because yeah. because he's writing a war journal batman's yeah. totally not punisher war journal <laughs> yeah about him like he, he knows he can't be everywhere at once and i like that it's a batman that realizes he has limits because it seems like it's like the Nolan films, like the Batman and that, like he, he, he tried, tried to push himself to have no limits or anything. Mm-hmm. And that ended very poorly for him. Whereas like this Batman already on year two figures, okay, I can't be everywhere at once. I got to pick which crimes, pick my battles, you know, and you utilize the fear of the city against the criminals, which works so well, works so I, damn well. I will say this, and this is a compliment I never thought I would give. This might be the scariest Batman movie they've mm-hmm. done because they really build this idea when criminals see the bat signal in the sky, they're like, oh shit, he could be in any shadow on yeah. any rooftop. Oh fuck, yeah. oh fuck. It's so good. It, again, that's what I think the Batman films needed, that horror element. Because that's what that's what Batman, one of Batman's greatest tools, the fear. He's a creature of the night. Yeah. And yet they take that fear, which obviously had been explored in Batman Begins and other stuff, and they kind of turn it on its head in a very Darwin Cook kind of way, because a lot of this movie is Batman realizing like, oh, you know, fear and vengeance and violence and everything. Those are really good for my very personal, very, you know, blinders, privileged (laughs) crusade. But what if Batman could be more than vengeance? You know, what if I could actually be a superhero a caped crusader and the way that they get there is really fucking smart it's really cool as because we see like his whole journey mirrored in the riddler which you got to give a ton of credit to because i'm sure 
again, that some movie suit didn't want Reeves to do this, where it's like, nah, he doesn't meet the Riddler till the end of the movie. Why? Because he'd one-punch the Riddler and the movie would be over. Yeah, yeah, he he meets the, the Riddler, I think, like, 20 minutes before the before that big, for No Man's Land basically happens. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and that's, like, literally the first time we actually even see the Riddler without his mask. Yeah, which is so smart, and again such you know reserve that it probably took them to get there i'm sure some suit was like no he's, yeah. he's got to fight him right he's got to fight him at the end of act two and be like no riddler's not a fighter he's a schemer and a planner mm. and everything he's he's smarter than batman is right now and he's got to stay one step ahead of him yeah yeah which again so cool to actually see that version of riddler on the big screen yeah it, it, it's really fun version of riddler i like that this version much like like some versions in the comics mainly like i think the frank miller version uh from all-star batman of all things mm. uh where he he knows that batman is bruce wayne but won't tell anyone because that's like that spoils the the fun yeah of it all ruins the fun of it yeah it means that it's, he someone else knows the riddle that only he knows the answer to yeah, because a, a riddle that everyone knows the answer to isn't worth anything. Yeah, I, I, yeah, and Paul Dano as as the Riddler is just fantastic. He's wonderful. He's, he's basically like a, a Reddit incel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had been fan casting Dano forever, and the angle they find with him is, like you said, so topical and so timely. Where they're like, "Hey, what's the greatest evil that society is facing right now?" Ah, internet conspiracy theorists with too many accesses to weapons. Yep, that's it. Yeah, and I, I like they make a point of saying, "Oh, he's got 500 followers." <laughs> like that, like that's a big number. I know we we have more followers yeah. than that, but 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 that's 500 armed followers yeah. who are willing to go out and shoot up a pizza place because they got some fucking QAnon and conspiracy. Literally, the Riddler is Q. You see people <laughs> in the street with riddler signs that's totally what it is my, my favorite part about the character is at the end when he does one of his live streams and he puts on the youtuber voice voice thank you i want to thank the community yeah. and everyone else that we built here i'm like that that made my skin crawl because i know it yeah yeah, yeah. i know that exact cadence he was using yep. and everything yeah we, we have been there that is people we know people we work with and i'm like oh, okay fuck i'm crawling out of my skin right now <laughs> best performance of the year <laughs> is all i'm saying and ultimately too batman's big realization is when he starts like interrogating these like riddler zealots and they're like we're vengeance and he's like oh fuck is that what i sound like have i been this asshole this whole time the fact that the riddler could ever think we are similar makes me sick and makes me know that i gotta change up the way i do things mm -hmm. now it can't just be about punishing crime and beating up criminals i need to be a beacon of hope basically mm -hmm. i need to be the light in the dark and we get that literal scene of him saving people and them all gathering around and his uh his little flashlight yeah yeah his uh his flare him literally like being that beacon of light and leading them out of the darkness which is cool yeah visual metaphors but <laughs> like, but like like, good like visual yeah metaphors. yeah good ones good and like ones that actually have payoffs and meanings and symbolism and aren't just there just because and a very cool shot too with mm -hmm. the overhead and everything i like that yeah but yeah that yeah that, that last little bit there where batman's realizing like oh i can be so much more and that like he's out there every night like trying to save people and trying to save human life and it's like yeah that that is what batman should be about you you, you got it movie you got it you, yeah you got it and you, you did it in less time than other batman have done 
Yeah, I mean, you had a lot of time. At three hours, this did feel like I binged an entire Netflix show, didn't it? Yeah, but it was worth it. It was worth it there. It's like, all right, yeah, I'm digging this. I like where this is going. I think I think it's also a testament to why so many writers don't like writing Riddler stories because they do get overly long because you need the setup and the payoff and you need the scene of everyone working together and figuring it out. And with most Riddler riddles, you get like the obvious ones, one good one, and then like, oh, that's only applicable to this situation. That's not a good <laughs> riddle. <laughs> Like uh, like the one about justice is good. The one he tells at the beginning is good. Yeah, the the, the I liked the, I liked the, the the dark humor in the thumb drive one. Oh, that was funny. That was yeah, good. that was good. Where it's like, oh, this sick motherfucker, and then it's Gordon's email that sends it everywhere. <laughs> yeah. That was good. Uh, I mean, hats off to Wright too. He's a he's he's a very understated but enjoyable Gordon. I like that he's out there with Batman, and they almost have like their own buddy cop thing. He, he's yeah, he's basically Batman's Robin. Yeah, he's very hands on. He's very out there with him. Yeah, I, I I'd have to say he's probably my favorite Batman Gordon uh, iteration in live action. He's really solid, and he gets a great payoff. When, like, they're taking uh, Falcone at this, like, I own the cops, I own this city. And he's like, you don't own all of us. Yeah, yeah. And I, I like how much, like, because obviously they, they make many references to, because year one has already happened. He's taken yeah. down um, uh, Maroney and everything. Maroney. Uh, so, that, like, they've already got, like, the, they're, like, two veterans together that have fought, fought in the crime wars. Basically, yeah. So, 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 um, Gordon's like calling him man and, and just like, I like that. Too. Just like not calling him the Batman or anything. Just, hey, man, how you going? They're, they're very casual in their relationship. Yeah. And yeah, we didn't really get that in a lot of the other ones. We kind of got it in the Nolan ones. We got it in the earlier ones. But I like that they just dispense with all the getting to know you crap. And it's like, look, here is the relationship with Gordon and Batman that you know and love. Yeah, it's great where they are partners in this war on crime and like Gordon keeps sticking his neck out for Batman, which means the other cops don't like him, but Gordon, you know, sees him as a good tool to clean up the city and everything, and, you know, fight corruption. Cause he is that one good cop <laughs> in a city with not many of them. Yeah. The, yeah. He, he really did a really good job in Bueling that year one Gordon, where like he's, he's definitely a good cop who fights against corruption, but then isn't afraid to probably pick up a baseball back and break your knees beat the shit out of someone too for something that he truly believed in which is which is you know a reason you like gordon but also just as much an indictment of american policing <laughs> at the same time too where it's like look any cop who would do this is probably not your friend but you like gordon because you like batman <laughs> every everyone is complicated and everyone has shades of gray this is probably the most shades of gray batman movie isn't it yeah to where like bruce even kind of has to be brought low because he has this very childish idea about right and wrong and the mm -hmm. justice system and like oh my my parents were heroes and i'm fighting to avenge them and you know make this city what they believed eh, your parents were human too actually and they weren't as good as you thought and they actually made some mistakes too but the fact that you know that and still want to do good and try and save the city that's what makes you a hero fighting yes. in spite of things not being perfect yeah it's it's it all goes into like his evolution of vengeance and what it means to him mm. Likewise, similarly with the Riddler, where it's like, oh, I, I discovered this great conspiracy because I followed the numbers. It, you knew like half the story and made up the rest. Yeah, yeah, you just filled in the gaps with what you wanted to because of all your weird conspiracies in your head. Yes, because of what you wanted to believe, and also you were angry and vengeful at the city that you thought did you wrong, and you were going <laughs> to lash out and hurt a bunch of people, which is what you did. Yeah. 
Also, hey, a- any movie that uses Ave Maria as a recurring musical <laughs> theme, just totally get you get me movie. That's my favorite piece of opera. Fuck, you got me. <laughs> That's unfair. That's a low blow. <laughs> To constantly reuse Ave Maria as basically the Riddler's theme, more or less. Yeah. And I like, too, they didn't even bother explaining, like, why does he like Ave Maria so much? It's a nice song. Yeah, it, it's, it's pretty good. It's a nice song. It's pretty good. It's all you really need. Uh, lots of some other interesting Easter eggs, too. They drop reference, of course, we said to Maroney in year one. They also drop reference to a journalist named Elliot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then big, display big hush letters on the word. A subtle, very subtle <laughs> Easter egg, you know. I, I loved everyone saying that. Is this a subtle Easter egg to hush? Oh, what, you mean the word that they fucking yeah. wrote there in big letters? Big letters that was on the giant IMAX screen. Yeah, which would be interesting, too, to be like, yeah, maybe hush would be a villain later on. See, I actually thought the hush thing was a misdirect because Riddler is the villain and Riddler ultimately ends up being the secret true villain behind Hush. I'm like, oh no, is Riddler in this going to turn out to be Tommy Elliot? <laughs> Are they inversing Hush from the comics? But no, it turned out it was Nigma or Nashton. Nashton. Which, which I thought the movie fucked around with that, but it's like, oh no, that actually was his golden age name. Yeah. And that was his name in like Earth 2 as well. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I think I'd think i have to watch it, like, when it comes on uh, Blu-ray, but he has, like, multiple IDs, and I'm ID. fairly certain one of them was Edward Nygma. It, it had to be. It had to. It's funny. I, I saw this movie without my glasses, and I'm like, nah, I don't need it. It's on a big screen. Fuck me, I needed them, because 90% of this movie takes place in small little clues and letters <laughs> and everything. <laughs> Every big moment is in small print, and I felt like such an idiot just trying to squint and figure out what they were reading about. Uh Chemdog brings up a good point. How about uh, Batman injecting himself with venom? Yeah, or adrenaline, but probably venom. I mean, it was green. They made a point to show that it was like a green substance that he injected, and then he immediately got like very strong and angry. And roided up. Yeah. Again, most of this like movie's Easter eggs and sequel hooks come in like the last five, ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. Catwoman goes off to Bloodhaven. We all know what that means. Mm Mm-hmm. Which, actually, we gotta talk about that. So, yeah, Zoe Kravitz, amazing as Catwoman. Yeah, she's freaking fantastic. Just perfect, like, year one dark victory Mm. Catwoman. Totally. Blows it out of the water. I can totally see why they put her on all of the marketing on top of (laughs) just, you know, being a pretty face to look at. They... They very clearly have plans for Catwoman. They're mm-hmm. basically saying, like, would you watch a Catwoman TV show? Would you watch a Catwoman spinoff movie? Yes, yes, I would. And yeah, and generally for the first time ever, I'm like, this version, yeah, definitely. This this is the long Halloween Catwoman. This is, like, the Miller Catwoman, mm-hmm. where, you know, like, I am defender of the sex workers of Gotham, and I am maybe a dominatrix, maybe not, we haven't <laughs> said. I have all the accoutrement, but, you know... <laughs> could be anything you don't know <laughs> I, I like to think if they modernized it she'd be like she has like a really successful only fans <laughs> yeah a, a twitch streaming yeah <laughs> there you go someone someone tell frank miller about that that'll blow his mind <laughs> oh oh i'm sure crazy uncle frank is well up to date on only fans <laughs> it's research i'm doing very important research in my office <laughs> <laughs> really frank you've been even working on that one for a while <laughs> uh but yeah she's she's great her action scenes are great i i love how they show her fighting style is so much different than batman because she's athletic because she has 
uh, her like little gears and gadgets and everything. I didn't even hate the mask. I thought I would hate the mask, but I genuinely came to like it too. Yeah, I I, I didn't like it when we first saw it. I'm like, oh yeah, because you know it looks like cat ears. Yeah. yeah, it's a it's a lot better than what they had in uh, Dark Knight Rises though. Yeah, it is, and also I'm sure too that because this is early in everyone's careers, that's a proto costume. I'm sure the next time we see her, she'll be like, oh, I was inspired by you, Batman. I yeah. made my own cowl. Yeah, yeah, she she steals one of his <laughs> ah that'd be fun too yeah stole your fucking cow yeah she's great i'm sure this is not the last we've seen of her uh we said so much praise for gordon apparently they were going to do a gotham pd show but word is that has changed and now it's going to be an arkham show which is really disappointing because i was really Very. looking forward to like gotham central like Done right. like like gordon's version of like year one yeah, I wanted to see this universe's version of Bullock and Montoya and Crispus Allen and mm-hmm. Jim Corrigan and all those other guys. Yeah, it feels like like when when they were because it was only just come out that that's being changed to an Arkham show. It feels like like studio. It's like we, we want Arkham because the Arkham has Joker in it. Mm. Which we do get that we do get to see Arkham. I like this is a universe where Arkham Asylum exists and Black A Penitentiary both exist. Yeah, and they both look more or less like like they would in the comics like they they have that like comic lean to it like much of gotham does yeah absolutely oh yeah we, we got to talk about that this this is the best gotham has looked in a long time oh it's fantastic it's like 1970s gotham but like 2020 shit bolted into it like yeah. like like uh like the like the main area in gotham like the times square in gotham it's all these old gothic buildings with like giant lcds bolted into them and and all that sort of stuff even like batman's technology i like that it's like it's both it's like timeless it's yeah it's just, it feels very old but then you've got like batman using like holograms and yes. like weird like eye camera things yeah which is probably the most high-tech thing he uses yeah and it's a big part of it, actually, which is like, <laughs> oh, so he's not like the Sherlock Holmes. Oh, I have perfect photographic memory. Nah, I fake photographic memory with my with my future eyes. <laughs> and I'm like, fair enough. That's fine. Again, this is year two. He's not the greatest detective yet. He's still figuring it out. Yeah, and uh, yeah, oh, Gotham looks so good. I I love that it. I think there was one shot I could tell that it was uh, Chicago, but it was only yes. in that one shot because I think they shot in Glasgow oh really in, in scotland yeah well that that was i think what matt reeves wanted that he didn't want it to look like other gothams because all the other gothams you're like that's clearly new york that's clearly yeah. chicago that's whereas this one you're like okay i don't know what that city looks like so it looks different it also makes it feel old world and gothic the mm-hmm. way that gotham really should yeah because yeah. we don't we don't have wayne tower and or we don't have wayne manor in this movie he no. lives in wayne tower he lives in a yeah. literal bat in a belfry yeah and his cave is under it it's, it's like a broken down like uh subway station is is the idea supposed to be that his parents donated the house to the orphanage because we do see an old mansion yeah. but it's like the creepy yeah th- uh, what is it i think that's the idea like the mansion became that orphanage right yeah which again gives or like that series. estate became the orphanage yeah. or something which it gives the series places to go where it's like oh maybe by the end of this trilogy batman will have reclaimed the man and he's like i'm going to make this place a home now for all my robins i'm going to adopt yeah I, yeah oh i wonder if that might be a bit too close to nolan's one because didn't at the mm. end of nolan didn't the wayne manor become like some orphanage run by 
Robin. I've I've not watched Dark Knight Rises in forever. I do not know how that ended. <laughs> yeah, something like that. But no, that would be really cool. Uh, well, the one thing I'm really looking forward to is because like we don't get any Bruce Wayne in this. Like like Bruce Wayne being Playboy Bruce Wayne. Cause, no, because that's all. not what uh, Bruce Wayne in this movie is interested in. Uh, I'm looking forward to him finding out that he needs to do that and and Robert Pattinson becoming that because I think There's that'd be that'd be pretty fun. Totally, it gives them places to go. Uh, Bland Man in the comments there helping us out with a very generous tip. Thank you. I know this is off topic, guys, but uh, recommend me some comic runs that you consider underrated, like Secret Six. We will. At the end of this, we're going to talk some more Batman, and then we will get to that. <laughs> but yes, that's a good idea. We'll get to that. Uh, yeah, other things to like about this movie. There's a lot to like about the movie. Uh, Man, Totoro was fun. Yeah, yeah, it's Falcone. Yeah, I would not have cast him, but he really manages to nail that shit-eating mobster. Yeah, who he's feels, always wearing dark glasses. Yeah, who always feels like he's above everyone else. And they yeah. write Catwoman a nice little subplot where it's like, oh, what's her relationship with uh, Falcone? What's the deal? And oh, in this universe, he actually is her father, unlike mm-hmm. in Long Halloween where she just thought he was her father. Yeah, well, and it's like in Dark Victory where she finds information where it... it kind of sort of proved that he was her yeah. father they were still very nebulous about it but yeah it was it was really cool we see him get his scar from catwoman yeah, which is cool I was not, that late in the movie i wasn't expecting i'm like oh what a fun comic book easter egg holy shit even the other things that used falcone in it forgot that mm-hmm. that's a thing yeah that that's like his most defining characteristic mm-hmm. yeah i like that a lot also the fact that the riddler was literally outside the iceberg lounge the whole time yeah, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, he was living across the street. Which, I love that Batman even mentions that, like, God damn it, he was right here this whole time. Yeah, yeah, again, Batman, he, he, he's he's still trying to be a detective, and, like, he still gets things wrong. Like that whole, uh, was it, uh, the Ratta, El Ratta, yeah. Al Ratta thing. I, I love that Penguin is the one that figures that out. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's fucking amazing. It's like, yeah, of course he would have a better handle on Spanish than them. Yeah, half his workers are probably spanish probably because you know he doesn't pay them well i'm certain yeah <laughs> uh oh hey let's talk about that too so this is pg-13 so they're allowed to be a little bit sexier a little bit more violent uh they're allowed to get one fucking which they do right at the beginning mm-hmm. i saw a lot of parents in my theater very shocked and i'm like oh ooh, you didn't know pg-13 like to have one fuck <laughs> Which, uh, again, they give it to one of the dirty cops that I would have liked Batman to say, fuck. <laughs> like, really, <laughs> really lean into it really hard. Yeah, this is a Batman who says fuck. Fuck. Hey, Riddler, go fuck yourself. <laughs> I am the knight. <laughs> I am the Batman who fucks. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, yeah, they get that out of the way. But the thing that they don't do and, and I, this is just, like, a thing I have about American movies and, like, you know, ratings boards and everything. They can't say any real drugs, so they create a fictional drug, Drops. Yeah, Drop, yeah. <laughs> drop, which could mean anything. Like, ah, oh, you drop heads. Ah, oh, oh, it's the Drop Lab. Oh, they're, you know, cutting up and bagging the Drop, which they do in, like, little Molly bags. So, like, that's how you know it's, like, a modern thing. Like, oh, this is what drugs come in now on the internet in fun little bags. <laughs> I also, I like... We, we we never actually also find out who is making the dr- the drugs it was no. just like who's selling them be it like the falcones and maronis and stuff like that maybe so, uh 
maybe someone like uh, uh, Jonathan Crane or, or She'll Go Strange or maybe the Peñadora Cartel yeah uh, cowboy there could Batman who laughs enter the DCEQ <laughs> man I don't know <laughs> I'd love to see him enter but like somewhere weird I'd love to see him be like a Doom Patrol villain ooh 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 that'd, that'd be, be fun yeah, like an evil version of Batman fighting these, like, weirdo heroes who aren't quite heroes. Yeah, ooh, that'd be good. Like, they go to the Dark Multiverse, and it's like, look, we can't do Superman and the Trinity, but we can do their evil counterparts. Yeah. <laughs> that would be fun. Ooh, another thing about this, and this is just for me, when they're, like, reading, uh, what is it, Riddler's crazy uh, conspiracy theories and all of his ledgers and everything, they mention a specific date there, uh, like, Friday or Thursday, July 16th, whatever. You know why that's interesting to me, Matt? Why's that? That's my birthday. <laughs> oh, no, what have you done that, like, Riddler is, like, looking into? In <laughs> invested in, I know, like, that fucking blew me away. I'm like, why, why is that my birthday? <laughs> why, why of all things did my birthday make it into the movie? You see, they recorded uh, that line for every day of the year. So, like, yeah. you go to the movies, like, maybe you'll get your birthday, maybe you won't. <laughs> oh, man, that would be fun, actually. One person walks home very happy. <laughs> uh, yeah, what else is there to really mention the movie? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a story about Batman learning that Batman can be more, and they leave us on one a hell of a cliffhanger, because, yeah, like you said, fucking No Man's Land happens, basically. Yeah, I, 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 what I think might happen, because... um. Obviously, yeah, yeah, Batman doesn't really know what he's doing. He's still trying to figure himself out. We get hints that, like, Alfred may have taught him everything he knows, like, because Alfred seemed to be, like, former SAS, or, you know, Earth 2, like, whatever. He was a soldier, you know. Yeah. Um, So he taught Batman everything he knew, but it doesn't see... I don't see this Bruce being someone who's traveled the world. No, yeah, he seems like he wouldn't have had the time to do all that. Yeah, so may, maybe that's what they could do in a sequel where he's like i've got to learn more but i can't learn more in gotham at the moment i'm gonna go you know meet rachel ghoul or something hey that would be a great place to be like look i need someone to teach me hey wildcat hey black canary will you teach me <laughs> that'd be an interesting place to bring them because they're sometimes gotham centric characters are like oh there's this lady over in gotham's chinatown they say she's the deadliest woman in the world lady shiva yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go learn from Ted Grant, this like old boxer. Yeah. Who like retired after he like killed a man with one punch or something. Yeah. Hey, you know, the flying Graysons were in town when the flood happened. Maybe they can teach me the secret arts of the trapeze because this Batman <laughs> isn't really acrobatic. No, no, he's always eating shit when he's jumping out of stuff and yeah. I think that would be a great way, actually, to work Robin into a sequel. He finds them, and it's like, oh, his parents were killed in the flood, but their son is, like, running the streets looking for revenge, and Batman being like, hey, will you teach me, and will we, you know, basically become surrogate family to each other? Batman learns parkour, yeah. Batman learns parkour from Robin. I think that would actually be super <laughs> dope, and further justify having a young kid sidekick, where it's like, no, he needs him because he's better at him than this. Yeah, yeah he's better at him than these things that he can do uh yeah we didn't talk about alfred that much but yeah andy circus does a pretty good job here he's not in the movie a whole lot no yeah well, that's probably why we didn't talk about him until now yeah he's not really in the film all that much 
No, they put him on the shelf to, you know, uh, further Batman's own investigation. The scenes he has is good. They basically dispense with all the Alfred stuff. You know, they, they do the greatest hits with an angry Bruce being like, you're, you're not my father. Stop trying to be. It's, you know, Alfred trying to get him more interested in being Bruce Wayne again and the day-to-day operations of running the company, which which I think is hilarious because his whole thing is like, oh, yeah, the, the money guys are coming. You know, we need to come and look over the books. If he just looked over those books, he probably would have realized that the Gotham Renewal yeah, Foundation that, was corrupt. That That's what's so good about it because it's, it's like all these obvious things that you would think Bruce would look at, but he won't because the, he doesn't think they're related in any way or he he wouldn't even think about them because as as like catwoman says he's like a rich privileged guy these sorts of things don't like affect him or he doesn't recognize them because they're not part of his privileged life you you don't think about money because you've been rich your whole life you don't realize that people would kill and backstab each other endlessly just for a little bit more it's great too that like so much of this movie revolves around a conspiracy involving uh the wayne's like foundation and everything i think it totally flies in the face of you know like all those twitter guys who think they're being very smart when they say like oh why doesn't batman just you know put more of his money into charity to help save the city uh because charities and foundations could actually totally be corrupt too and be a great shelter for washing dirty money exactly yeah so that's why he's afraid to do it because he doesn't want something like this to happen and he can't be Batman and also watch that 24-7 and he can't get like Alfred or Lucius to watch it 24-7. Exactly, yeah. So I think there's something very interesting about that, that that is the whole, basically the whole mystery and the whole axis that this movie spins on. Yeah, and and where it delivers uh, Batman at the end where he, he like realizes he's got to be Bruce Wayne to like figure out these sorts yeah. of things and look into these sorts of things and then also be a better, like an actual hero to the people and not just mm. some guy who jumps out of the darkness to like break your legs. Yeah, crime moves in more than one direction. Uh, yeah. Another Alfred scene that's good there, too. He, he gives him his cufflinks because, you know, he cares about how he conducts himself. and He cares about him, mm-hmm. you know, looking all clean and good and respectable. And it's like, what, are you a Wayne now, too? It's like, yeah, kind of. And it all leads to the big scene there where they ask him, like, oh, does he have any next of kin? Does he have someone? And again, doesn't really say anything, but it's like, no, we are we are all each other has. And I should have treated him better. Yeah, yeah. And it's a really nice moment. And I'm like, yeah, that's you're doing so much without words. It's 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 so good to have, have uh, like writers and directors who respect uh, your intelligence, who respect yeah, respect the audience's intelligence and have enough sense to be subtle and like yeah. not hit you over the head with like, do you get it? Do you get it? Yeah. Now, that being said, you know, all the adults in the audience were super pleased with this. I know there were two children in the front row who were very, very bored, which I feel not enough people have mentioned that, that this is like the second or third, depending how you count it, Batman movie in a row where it's like, ah, so you guys just had no interest in entertaining children, huh? I mean, that's fine. This is good. And the movie's making a lot of money. It just seems weird that like, yeah, don't take your kid to a Batman movie in 2022. Hey, kids have that Super Pets movie true which actually looks pretty good it I'm does not gonna lie. It, it, i saw the trailer for that and i'm like that looks super fun i like keanu reeves as batman <laughs> this is gonna make a billion dollars mark my words yeah yeah no no I, I know what you mean yeah but i i guess maybe they they've realized that like like people our age people like you know young adults are, are more the income. are more the audience to this character yes like between this and between peacemaker which are like the twoest highest rateest things that dc did this year super adult yeah oh yeah 
super adult and we're getting all these accolades and all these monies. So, I mean, yeah, I guess they don't need to look after the kid audience because, yeah, <laughs> they got the super pets and they got Teen Titans Go. You know, we will give you what you want over there. Yeah, and again, it's a sign that DC is probably doing the right thing now and it's not all the same thing. You know, yeah. like like you look at back at like during like the Nolan Snyder times, everything had to be that. Everything yeah. had to be that, you know, super serious, over symbolic mm. pieces of shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I tell you what, kids, when you're old enough to watch Seven and Zodiac <laughs> and all the other movies that this is referencing, then you can see it. Yeah, you'll understand it. <laughs> you'll. Can we talk about that too? That I think this movie was way better at weaving its references, and you know, in better than like say something like Joker, where it's like, hey, I I saw you know King of Comedy, I saw Taxi Driver, and made a movie about it. Yeah, I know, and you're hitting me over the head with all these damn references. This movie had references and stuff but it didn't feel like that's all it had where it's like look i like this thing i'm inspired by this thing but i'm doing my own thing it used those references as like a base to jump off and build like its own like we're going to continue this kind of weird uncomfortable Mm. atmosphere that zodiac had and like Mm -hmm. add in like a batman and like this weird guy had a green mask also some saw too because i mean the riddler just straight up makes saw traps yeah yeah that one where like rats eat that guy's face yeah the, yeah, the bomb oh. collar like yeah. jigsaw's like do i have to sue somebody that's totally my shit <laughs> i uh, i like the bomb bit too i actually laughed at that where he's just sitting there everyone else has left and the little bomb robot comes <laughs> up i don't know why i thought that was so funny but i thought that was very funny it's pretty funny it's f- finally and also finally that that that, that was a scars guard one of the many many scars guards yeah it's finally in a good comic book movie because he was the villain yeah. in the green lantern film he was hector hammond oh no poor guy <laughs> so so now he's in a batman film getting blown up yeah isn't it funny how so many of these like movies double dip on yeah. character actors now yeah they want they want that they know that nowadays comic book movies are where the money's at i find it very distracting that that sarsgaard's character name was colson colson yeah <laughs> i found that very distracting I'm like you couldn't couldn't have called him anything else guys you know there's another <laughs> pretty well-known character in comic book universe that's name is called i know i know you can't call him dent or lobe or anything because those are characters that are probably going to come later yeah yeah but yeah that's uh that's my thing i mean what what else is there really to say about the movie it's it's good it works yeah it's fucking awesome do, do we want do we want to talk about like sequels what do we sure, want to see sure. so yeah i mean the city is flooded we're basically in no man's land now yeah it's just something i didn't expect the film to do no so yeah like like yeah we're, we're left at a place where like batman says he knows like the crime's gonna get worse and worse but he's still gonna do do his thing so Pen- yeah penguin yeah. looks like he's ready to crown himself king of gotham crime because yep. all of his competition is gone again will that be the penguin show will we see that in a movie i don't know yeah i yeah again like are we going to get the second film before we get any of these TV shows or are these TV? Cause if these TV shows are in between the films, they got to do yeah. something like, Oh, well the Arkham show is about like, I know Arkham got flooded. Everyone got released or something. I guess. Well, no, we uh, see what is it? Riddler and totally not Joker in their cell after the flood. Don't we? Was that after or like during us? I, 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 I don't know. The, you never the, know. The, t- the timetable is all over the place, and that definitely looks like the last scene they added into the movie. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what they'll do with that. Like, 
what would Batman be doing? Because they, they, they mentioned like like National Guards being moved in, you know, like yeah. army and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I guess, like what I said, like Batman could be like, okay, well, I need to like learn more to help my city now. I'm going to go somewhere else or something. I, I would love to see Robin. I would love to see them working in a sidekick. Be it like, yeah, my parents got killed in the flood. I got separated from them in the flood and everything. And so Batman's got to take this kid under his wing and continue basically with that Darwin Cook idea. I set out to scare criminals, not children. Yeah, or you know what you could do? You could do you could do that like he's, he's like lost his family or something and you do it basically like like the warriors it's batman and oh, this and, yeah. and like dick race and they got to get fucking coney island we got to get uptown yeah. yeah yeah through the flooded city to with like all the, with all the gangs chasing yeah. after us Whis- whisper gang and the neon demons <laughs> and everything <laughs> just get like just go to the like the wikipedia for gotham gangs and put them all in there <laughs> i like it i like it. the low boys uh I could also see the second film being more f- like whereas this film was all Batman. I could see the second film being all Bruce Wayne, where yeah. like okay, Batman can't literally stop a flood, but Bruce Wayne can, and his money can. I like that. I so like, like that Bruce a lot. Wayne, like like he becomes Bruce Wayne in that film. Yeah, yeah, he's got he's got to become a titan of the boardroom again. He's yeah. got to take a uh, take back control of his company from that evil Derek Powers. <laughs> Or some powers uh, person, you know, because there's like an evil corporate guy he fights sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Rupert Thorne, I don't know. Yeah, Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor, yeah, if you really want to start building up, like, yeah, Lex Luthor exists in this world too. Evil corporate raider Lex Luthor. Yeah, I, and again, like, do you, do you, because this movie's doing really well at the moment, do you reckon oh, they're yeah. going to build like a universe out of this or keep it contained to bat men only? Uh, this is DC uh, and Warner Brothers, and we know how knee-jerk they are. So, yes, they are absolutely going to make yeah. this the new focal point now, and I'm sure it will hurt the other stuff they're working on. Yeah, I'm really conflicted because, like, at w- I want it to stay as, like, just the Batman, just mm-hmm. his part of the universe, all that sort of stuff. But then I'm like, what if you put Superman in that universe? What, <laughs> yeah, what's what that if you look like? just put Superman in? I mean, we know, little, we know Superman. technically he exists because in that Halloween scene, there is a person dressed as Superman. Oh, really? Oh, that's There fun. is, yeah. So technically he does already exist. So like, what what, what does Superman in, in the Matt Reeves universe look like? Yeah, do, do meta powers exist in this universe? What's the deal with that? Yeah, because again, like, it's kind of perfectly set up with how this Batman film was, how it's like, oh, it's all Zodiac and you know all the stuff that batman is in the comics you just do the opposite of that for a reeves universe set superman film totally thank you uh functorial for helping us out yet again uh ooh, clayface is a body snatcher slash the thing scenario oh that's fun (sighs) horror like cosmic horror clayface oh like even if you wanted to go back to golden age clayface it's like look i'm not made of goo but i'm just an excellent like face changer yeah He's like an assassin or something. He's like he's basically uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy Tom Cruise plays in the Mission Impossible films with like the faces. Yeah, basically that. Like I'm a face healer, yeah. face changer. Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, Soot from Smoking Barrels. Uh, that movie, if you ever mm-hmm. saw that. Lo- mm-hmm. uh, no, not Lockstock, but uh, Smoking Aces. Yeah, Sorry, yeah that's- Smoking Aces. 
yeah, just do the smoking aces guy. Like, yes, I steal people's faces and I act like them because I'm an actor turned like serial killer or something. Hell, uh, with the city being mostly flooded, that would be a great time for Killer Croc, don't you think? A crocodile man who swims through water, a bunch of people start disappearing, and they're not sure if, you know, crocodiles from the sewer are coming up or if it's just, you know, a serial killer with a skin problem. Yeah, it's it, yeah, it's like a cannibal serial killer who's, like, filed his teeth into, like, like yeah. shagged spears and, yeah. Yeah, get a get a good character actor who could play like a big intimidating monster. Hey, Winston Dukes, what are you up to? You're a big intimidating dude. Oh yes, and a good actor too. I think you could do something with that. Yeah. Oh, as Bizarro guy says, the Superman he'd like to see in this universe is like the Grant Morrison action comics oh, New yeah. Fifty Two one, the jeans wearing right. T-shirt wearing one. I yeah, could see that. Yeah. Cause, yeah, because if it's year two for Batman, we'll say it's year two for Superman as well. He's yeah. just starting. He can only leap tall buildings in a single bound. He's not flying. He hasn't yeah. figured out all of his powers yet. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, I, I like that a lot. Actually, he, he doesn't have the S curl yet. He's shaved his head like a <clears throat> what is it? Uh, like DC uh, when they tried bringing the shirt yeah. back for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. And he used the he used like parts of his cape as like knuckle dusters. No. Yeah, that's the thing. That would actually work a lot, and it's like, what are you, some type of Boy Scout? <laughs> it's like, well, they say that. It's like, oh, yeah, nice outfit, jackass. It's like, my mom made it for me, actually. <laughs> and if you say that again, I'm popping you in the mouth. <laughs> yeah, see, there's definitely places you could go with it, for sure. Yeah, I know uh, Matt Reese wants to do Mr. Freeze. Mmm, don't we all? That, that'd be that'd be pretty good. I I, I don't Christoph know how Waltz, Christoph Waltz. Oh, oh, oh that'd be Cause, good because he's creepy and Austrian so <laughs> yeah. he, wouldn't, he wouldn't even have to put on a voice my dear Noah I lost her in the floods and now I hate all things and I will bring death and cold to the city <laughs> well you do it like um like the one from uh the white knight universe where he's like yeah. oh, he's like an ex-nazi who came over and during like uh, Operation Paperclip. Oh, that's really good. My father was a Nazi commandant. I came here yeah. and I worked for the Wayne Industries. Little did they know I was stealing parts to try and save the life of my sick wife. Yeah, I don't know whether we'd want anything that would tie into the Wayne industry again because it feels like like they do that all the time with the villains in the Batman mm. films, where it's like like the like uh, in Batman Forever, Jim Carrey's uh, Riddler was Wayne was working for Wayne Enterprises and all that sort of stuff, and it's like. Clean your house, Bruce. You've they, got too many villains working for you. They they literally make that joke all the time where they're like, oh, yeah, great, another uh, supervillain brought to you by a grant from the Wayne Foundation. Yeah. <laughs> they, do, they do make so many villains. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we're going to be getting joker at some point definitely not the second film probably the third film and it look uh, by the by by like how it is in this film like batman already arrested him yeah but he's not like a full like maybe he hasn't gone in the acid yet he's just like a regular crazy criminal i, I don't know i think it, he kind of looked like he had been in the acid like he had like like fucked up hair and like, yeah. from what we could see of, like, his, like, eyes and all that. We also know, like, Barry Cogan is playing him as well. Yeah, which freaking is really cool. Drew. Which, good casting, because yeah. that guy, much like Paul Dano, is just creepy as fuck yeah. all the time. It's real weird. We, uh, I was hoping, we didn't get it, but I was kind of hoping it would keep his uh, Irish accent. Yeah, Irish Joker, why not? I'm the Joker. Hot to talk to you, Batman. Smell me flower. <laughs> I, again, I, I like they let you know, but don't knock you over the head with it, where it's like, ah, you know, sometimes 
uh, what is it? You're top of the world. Sometimes you're a clown, but there are worse things to be. Yeah, I also like that it confirms that this movie isn't any any way related to the Joker movie. Yes, which a lot Thank of people God. kept saying. Yeah, I, I was waiting for that too. I'm like, please don't be walking Phoenix. Please don't be walking. Fe- oh, good, it's not walking Phoenix. <laughs> please don't, because a lot of people wanted that for some reason, and I don't understand. <laughs> no, yeah, the Joker was a terrible film. Yeah, I. Pff- and also one that had very little cultural relevance, like yep. it didn't stick around. No. Our cultural shelf life, I should say. Everyone was talking about it when it came out, and then as time went on. Everyone was talking about it, but in like a joking way, because, you know, hey, Joker, we live in a society. society. Gamers. Even Reeves himself said when asked about it, he's like, yeah, that's its own thing. That was five years ago. I don't know what they're doing. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, man, that was my review when I saw the movie, too. <laughs> yeah, they're doing their own thing. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> Ooh, Captain Kuhn with a good one there. Joel's Mr. Freeze is just him doing Dr. Killinger for Venture. Yes. yes, yes, it is. Would you like to see my magic murder bag, Batman? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah, that's definitely some places they could go with it. Uh, would love to see them do Robin because again we yeah. haven't done sidekicks yet, and I just feel like it's time now. Yeah, it's t- yeah we haven't had a proper live action uh, movie one since the Schumacher days. You know, do, do it proper. Just get like some kid come in, dress him up in like a circus costume, circus yeah. acrobat costume. You know, take it for what it is. <laughs> the, the perfect way you do it. He's like, yeah, I made my own homemade costume out of my circus costume so i could go and try and find the people who killed my parents and then the end of that movie is him at the bat signal with gorn and it's like oh you know i got some help now and boom the final shot is robin coming down in his full robin costume that alfred made for him I, again like the the recent jeff lemire run with the with the robin and batman the three issue series is like captures it perfectly yeah where it's like yeah it's a long, young dick grayson he's full of anger he thinks he has to be Batman to do any good in the world. Alfred reminding him he doesn't have to be Batman. He can be himself. He can be his Robin. You know, and and then at the end of that, he gets, like, the new costume. Yeah. Again, I can see... Again, if you wanted to, just rip off Robin's Reckoning from Batman the Animated Series because <laughs> it's still arguably the perfect Robin origin story <laughs> in, like, 40 minutes. <laughs> Red hoodie, green balaclava, yellow, you know, homemade utility belt. Yeah, yeah have him jump around and then at the end he gets a real costume yeah oh i i'd love it so much i i don't know whether they're going to be doing that but yeah i don't know either they seem so weirdly weirdly defiant about having a kid sidekick but, and in this universe too they're like oh isn't that child endangerment yeah it's a fantasy though they, they they they're so weird about it that sometimes they'll just like skip it and just go oh nightwing's here now like in the titan yeah. show <laughs> yeah that's so weird or like or like robin's here but he's like 25 we like kid sidekicks to think that the best kid sidekick we've gotten on screen is hit girl from kick-ass and that was supposed (laughs) to be a parody of kid sidekicks (laughs) it's a parody that superseded the thing it was making fun of yeah yeah and it proved it worked too because it's a fucking fantasy yeah just have a kid stunt on a bunch of criminals yeah yeah it's funny yeah, he's good at parkour, he's an acrobat, yeah, have him, like, baseball slide under dudes, hit him in the nuts, poke him in the eye, have him do, like, all dirty fighting. Yeah, I, I, and again, like, that Jeff Lemire on that, it, it, he does all that sort of shit in that because, like, he has to be the distraction for Batman. Yeah. 
again, I think there's a lot of fun stuff you could have with that. And I like the idea of Batman, especially this version of it, saying, I need to be a hero to someone. I need to be mm -hmm. a role model. Batman can be a symbol for inspiration. Yeah, and it will also be kind of like the first Batman we have who's kind of still young and has a young yeah. ward as well. Yes, absolutely. Which would be really quite cool. It would be, yeah. You know, I, I, we need to become this surrogate family, me, him, and Alfred, and you know, we can be the things that we have all lost. Yeah. So that would be something. Yeah. Yeah, I'm all about that. Uh, is that all we can really say about Batman? I feel like we've talked it up. There's a lot to really like about this movie. Yeah, I expect by the time this actually goes up, we'll they'll have announced a sequel, Probably. fast fast tracking a sequel because it's making oh, yeah. boatloads of money. They made all the money. Yeah. And it came out at a good time, too. Like, COVID restrictions are being dropped all yep. over the place there. I actually felt safe and confident to mm -hmm. go see the movie, and I did. And it's been a couple days, and I'm not sick, so woo! <laughs> didn't, didn't risk my life and health to see Batman. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that's what I'm about. Uh, now, again, because Bland Man gave us uh, such a nice tip there. Before we go, let's talk about some underrated comic series that you should be reading right now. Uh, here's one I always mention, uh, Black Sad by Juan Diaz uh, Canales. Ooh. It's, again, very film noir. Every issue is beautifully painted. It's in a, like, 1950s world of anthropomorphized animals, like, solving mysteries, and it's very, like, old Hollywood. It's good. Yes, yes, it's very good, very good uh miracle man obviously he's coming back in a big way so if you've mm -hmm. never read miracle man before now is probably the time yes definitely i will at least try try and read it and try and understand what it's about it's very heady yeah it really is there's a lot going on there and also know that this is like a superhero deconstruction mm -hmm. before superhero deconstruction yes yes talking about like the idea of evil superman and everything else from like back in the day even before it mm -hmm. was a thing yep you uh you mentioned Secret Six there as a book I've mentioned before that you like. Uh, get Matthew Rosenberg's short-lived Uncanny X-Men because it very Ooh, yeah. much is in that kind of dark comedy mismatch team. Yeah, and also Secret Six, you got to do the, the the Villains United story. Yes, that's a good yeah Villains United Six Degrees of Devastation because that book technically starts even before you think it starts. Yes that's really good uh oh man what are some other ones uh i know you've been loving one star squadron I've been i was just about to say that yeah it's it's brilliant it's almost finished it's only six issues but it's it's brilliant same with the um blue and gold series the booster gold uh blue yeah. beetle series is fantastic as well uh black bolt by uh solid in a mid if yes. you wondered what really kickstarted his shit. career and if you want to read arguably one of the greatest uh, Inhuman stories ever told, it's very easy and it's short. Yep, him and Christian Ward just did so much great work on that book. Uh, the Steve Orlando Midnighter series from 2016, yes. short-lived yes. but a really great series starring him. Yes, and that's that kind of led into the uh, his uh, Steve Orlando's Justice League of America book. Yeah, so it's actually kind of more prevalent now than it's been. Yeah, yeah, and as well, like, Midnighter and Apollo are big characters now in Superman, so... Absolutely, so yeah, definitely now would be a good time to check that out. Oh, man, it's, again, this is the problem when you read, like, a hundred comics a month, where it's like, <laughs> yeah, what are some good underrated ones? I don't know, I've read so many of them, I what know you, there's some that are underrated. What do you class as underrated, though? I mean, I guess, like, finished too soon, but was really good. Oh, mm -hmm. uh... 
what is it? Uh, Gene Lewin Yang's short-lived Batman Superman from just a couple of years ago. Yes. Or just a year ago. Yes, even. yeah, his little uh, little time on that book. And as well, to just add to that, his uh, new Superman series uh, with Keenan and Oh, Kong. yeah, you really like that. Yeah. His Shang-Chi was good, too. Oh, honestly, anything by Gene Lewin Yang. <laughs> I, I, I think great. they're making... I think they're making his dragon basketball thing into a Netflix show. Yeah, yep. So check that out. That one's pretty good. Ooh, that uh, Paul Dini true Dark Knight story, which is a story about his life and him getting mugged and surviving that and working mm-hmm. on Batman the Animated Series. That's really good. Mm-hmm. That's really good. I like that one. Uh, other history of the DC Universe. Again, these were all on my best of list for last year. <laughs> yeah, Beta Ray Bill. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's an excellent one. Now we're just talking about stuff from last year that we really like. <laughs> but but they're good. I, again, we can't say if they're underrated. Yeah, we'll see if people remember them. I'm sure they'll remember them. Yeah. Uh, honestly, uh, the Suicide Squad book that's going on right now I think is underrated. It's heading into a big event right now. Yeah, it was finishing up. Ooh, uh, David Walker's time on uh, Luke Cage, again, also mm-hmm. short-lived yep matthew rosenberg's punisher series yes which again now check that out because punisher number one is dropping soon and that's the last time it was there it's dropping this week yeah it's dropping this week actually uh here's the thing if you read uh daredevil woman without fear he shows up in the costume at the end of that oh really i i'm i was gonna um i'm reading them tonight because i'm doing like the complete doing like all three issues in one video it's it was a disappointing book, but I like Chip Zdarsky being like, yeah, 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 I know what's going on with the hand and the Punisher, and yes, I know I'm doing my own thing. Don't don't worry, Jason Aaron cleared it with me. I know what's up. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. Uh, ooh, um, what is it? That Deathstroke run uh, from Christopher Priest, that was yeah. really good. Yeah, his, also his uh, his little time on Justice League was really good as well. Yes, you did enjoy that uh obviously greg rucka's time on the question is really good hard to find now unfortunately yeah yeah because it's kind of buried in like a bunch of other different books i will also say uh sam wilson's time as captain america i think a lot of that got buried in all the other stuff nick spencer was doing with secret empire and the main captain america book i think people forget that there were some really amazing sam adventures in there Mm -hmm. and obviously it's going to get turned into that fourth captain america movie yes absolutely so there's a good one uh ooh, obviously jonah hex by jimmy palmiotti and justin gray <laughs> that's good and uh we love mark russell here so i mean anything mark russell does he did a lone ranger miniseries if yes. you like westerns that was really good. i i really want to read that i want to get some time to read that but yeah anything he touches is amazing uh matt fraction as well with his jimmy olsen series was just fantastic Yes, that was good. Uh, his Lone Ranger one is great, too. Like, I wouldn't regularly pick up a Lone Ranger comp, but it is darkly funny, and it's about Tonto and, yep. like, land disputes. And, like, because so many Western stories are about land disputes, but he, like, yep. actually really goes into it. Like his Flintstone like his Flintstone book from the Hanna-Barbera DC Age was, like, all about economics. Very much and so. And stuff oh, like that. If you love political humor, <clears throat> uh, Prez also by mm-hmm. Mark Russell. Yes, and Billionaire Island. Yes, all things he did. That was the DCU era that everyone seems to forget, but those were solid. Yeah. Well, there we go. We hope that does it for you there for underrated <laughs> series. I think Matt and I really challenged ourselves and found out some good ones. <laughs> <coughs> uh, 
again, you, you twisted our arm with that nice donation, so we didn't want to leave you in the lurch there. It's like, no, let's actually think of some good one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so thank you everyone for coming and hanging out with us here. Sorry for that technical difficulty earlier on. We know it's Monday, and I'm sure some of you got work or school or everything tomorrow, but we appreciate you hanging out with us. Thank you everyone who cheered and donated. We always really like that. Yeah, yeah, appreciate it all. Yeah, it's, a, it's what keeps the show going in more ways than one. <laughs> so thank you so much, everyone. We hope you enjoyed the video, and Matt and I will be back again next week with more stuff. Yeah, look forward to seeing you guys here next week. Yeah, be sure to follow Matt over on his channel, the channel you're on right now, Fortress of Solitude. Uh, he's got stream stuff, I'm sure, coming up. You're loving Elden Ring. Oh, yeah, I can't get enough of it. <laughs> I, I gotta get back at streaming at some point. I really do. Like, I'm playing more stuff on the PC, and I always think, like, I should stream this, and then I'm like, no, nah, I'm enjoying just having time for myself, honestly. I, yeah, th th honestly, that's how I am with Elden Ring. I'm like, I should stream this. I'm like, eh, but then, like, I keep, I'll keep, like, setting expectations for myself, being like, I've got yeah. to beat this boss in one go, and keep the, keep the story moving, whereas, like, I won't, and I'll end up getting stuck on a boss for, like, 200 tries. <laughs> And then I think to myself, I'm like, well, should I just, like, record it and upload it later? And then I'm like, well, then I'm still working, aren't I? And then I got to yeah. make editing work for myself later? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. So the, the, the trials and tribulations of being an internet content creator, guys, <laughs> I, I tell you. This is this is our bitch session right here. <laughs> oh, David Biglin, more D&D. Uh, yeah, I'm writing the next episode of Capes and Crooks right now. We're actually sponsored. We got a real sponsorship from Session oh, nice. Zero Clothing. Uh, nice. I'll be sure to put a link down in the description. They gave me a nice 10% off for everyone. They're technically not sponsoring this show, but I'll talk about it anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for free advertising. Free advertisement. There you go. Yeah, we got that coming down the pipeline. Uh, I think Matt and I actually did uh, an interview on the same podcast on separate days. Yeah, I haven't done mine yet, but um, oh, yeah. it's, it's coming. I had to reschedule mine, but it is coming up, yeah. Yeah, I was on a BJ Mendelssohn show there. Uh, what are you working on? It's not out yet, but it was a lot of fun getting to talk to him, especially because he's a dude who's followed me on Twitter and I followed him. So it was nice to put a face to the name and everything. I don't think those are out yet, but when they are out, I will be sure to link people to it. Yeah. I like uh, getting invited on podcasts to do stuff. I am, I'm very much an internet hermit and it's hard to <laughs> get me out of my house, but when I do get out, it's nice. Yeah, this this will actually be my first time being invited on another show, which is a lot hey. of fun. Fuck yeah, that's good. Hey, if anyone has other shows, be sure to inundate Matt with a request <laughs> to go do it. Uh, so yeah, thank you everyone for watching and listening and hanging out. Matt and I will be back again next week. Same comic multiverse time, same comic multiverse place and channel. See you, everyone. Bye-bye.